Hello and welcome to the latest Packaging Europe podcast, where we discuss packaging challenges with industry players from across the packaging value chain. Today, we're getting the brand owner's packaging perspective. As Packaging Europe reported previously, Kind, who is part of the Mars family, is utilizing materials sourced from advanced recycling to package its snack bars, aiming to reduce the amount of virgin plastics in its packaging portfolio. So with me today is Liz Jacobson, who is Global Technical Sustainability Director at Kind, and we'll discuss the um, collaboration around these um, snack bars, the challenges and opportunities associated with creating recycling packaging from recycled materials and Kind's wider sustainability strategies. So yeah, welcome Liz. Thank you for being on the podcast with me today. Ah, thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to the conversation. Me too, definitely. Diving right into the subject matter, I was wondering what challenges had to be overcome to include recycled content in the packaging material used for the Kind bar? Absolutely. Well, when it comes to, um, to, to PCR, so we had many, many challenges. Chief among them was securing the source of PCR. So actually going out and, and finding the material that was the right grade, um, obviously, which could be used in direct food contact, um, which could be used in the flexible film application. Um, so for us, first, what we needed to do was really understand the regulatory landscape. Um, we're kind of distributed in actually right now in over 30 countries. And although we were really focused on the UK and Ireland for this project, we really wanted to understand what was the regulatory environment? Um, where was PCR allowed? Um, that includes PCR from both advanced recycling and then mechanical recycling. We really wanted to get a good understanding of that. Um, ultimately, we ended up using material from advanced recycling in this application. Further to that, really understanding what kind of claims can a brand make, you know, such that they would not be misleading to the consumer. Um, you know, we learned about a lot about mass balance claims, um, which we ended up leveraging for this application. Um, so really, really making sure that we didn't mislead, making sure that we were we were showing progress, which we're, you know, we're, we're proud and humble about, but making sure that we're not misleading our consumers. Um, and then once we knew, you know, what our design parameters were, we had to set up the supply chain. So um, as we'll talk about a little bit later, we're leveraging post-consumer recycled content or PCR um, that's collected through a partnership and that's actually put through a bit of our own, I would say, local circular economy where we're taking that PCR and, and turning it back into, you know, a, a base polymer and then putting it into, into our sheet. So determining who were those partners, um, who had the capacity for it, because there's certainly quite a bit of demand for, for PCR and, um, and the kind of PCR that we were looking for. Um, and then finally, on the operational side, really making sure that we got that performance, um, that we still got good seals, et cetera. We could still run at the line speeds that we wanted to run and that, um, you know, the package would still looked and was really optimally quality for the consumer as well. Yes, and um, like you say, we'll we'll dive into that a little bit more a bit later on. But first, I wanted to ask: steps had to be taken to make the packaging recyclable in turn as well. Absolutely, yeah. So similar to you know the inclusion of PCR, first we really had to understand um, the regulatory landscape, and we also had to understand the recycling infrastructure in the regions where we wanted to make a claim. Um, so for us, it was that it was the UK Ireland cluster, and essentially what we needed to go out and to really understand was 
what is curbside recyclable, what can be considered curbside recyclable, and then there's another level of recyclability um, that's often called store drop-off recyclable. And it, it varies by country. So for example, we, we were looking to activate in two different countries and the claim that we were able to make was different in, in those two countries. Um, and it's really due to the infrastructure and collection of, of flexible packaging film, as well as the recycling infrastructure that either does or does not exist at scale. So specifically for us, um, in the UK, we worked with OPRL, um, so the Unpack Recycling Label Scheme, to understand based on how our packaging was designed, what kind of plastic we're using, um, what are the dimensions of the wrapper, um, what would it be, what type of, of claim would, would we be able to make? And we were we were really pleased that um, we could make the store drop-off recyclable claim. Because as many of your listeners probably know, flexible film is one of those difficult to recycle packaging types. And so we really wanted to, you know, this represents the next step in our journey where we're saying, okay, here's an option for how you can recycle this. We're definitely, it's not the end of the journey, but but it's the next step. Um, And then in Ireland, we worked with similarly with Repack. Um, to really understand what claims we could make based on the infrastructure in Ireland. And we were really pleased that we could say recycle at home in Ireland due to the the curbside recycling collection and then the recycling uh, infrastructure that exists in Ireland. Yeah, I was also wondering, um, what would you say are the general challenges um, of packaging bars when it comes to preserving taste and shelf life? So the Kind Bar represents a bit of a unique challenge um, when it comes to the technical requirements of the material. Um, So KIND, when Daniel Lebetsky founded KIND in 2004, it was really with a mission to deliver um, taste and nutrition. So it's about the and. And the way we do that is through ingredients that you can see and pronounce. and so chief in our, in our formulation is that our first and predominant ingredient in all of our snacks are a nutrient dense food, like a nut, a whole grain, a fruit. Um, and we have pretty simple ingredient lines in terms of the amount of, you know, ingredients and the complexity of the ingredients that we use. And so because we're using quite a few nuts um, that are not necessarily totally enrobed in chocolate, like for example, a Mars bar or a Snickers bar might be, um, our, our package requires a superior barrier to oxygen and moisture to stay fresh throughout that shelf life. Um, and as we were doing this exploration and, you know, we were, we were looking into the many materials that exist, really what we saw is a lot of the early stage packaging materials that are, you know, quote unquote, more sustainable that are coming out just don't have the oxygen and moisture barrier requirements that are required for, um, for products like ours, because we really didn't want to compromise on the consumer experience. We really wanted to make sure that we retain that freshness. And um, with this project, with the inclusion of the PCR, we were able to, um, to keep that same level of oxygen and moisture barrier. So um, we were able to kind of maintain the status quo when it comes to product protection, which we were really pleased about. Mm, absolutely. Yes, that's, uh, yeah. that's a very important point, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I understand this solution has been developed in a kind of closed loop collaboration with um, several partners. Could you tell me a bit more about um, how this collaboration worked and how the different partners work together on this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so 
the collaboration itself begun actually prior to um, the inception of the project at KIND and um, essentially a coalition of, um, of industry players got together and each leveraging their respective core competencies. And it was really about how do we come together and solve this really tough problem um, because nobody can do it on their own. So um, through a coalition with um, Landbell, so Landbell, Sabic, um, and uh, Tagleaf, and finally our converter sit, essentially what the, um, the coalition does is create our own kind of a circular economy. So essentially what, what happens is starting with Landbell, um, they are collecting post-consumer plastic waste. Um, it's then going back into um, pyrolysis and is, is turned into the base polymer which is then converted into um, the, the base film and then is finally laminated into the final product by each of those players um, in the chain. So it's, uh, it's definitely a situation where, you know, it takes a village to, to solve that problem together. Um, and through that chain, what we realized is we really needed a way to track, um, you know, how do, we, how do we make sure there's PCR in this film? Because as you might imagine, a lot of this is done through mass balance. So it's not that the, you know, quite yet that the, the base films are all 100% post-consumer recycled content. So we were able to leverage um, an ISCC plus certification for this, the, 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 the chain of custody, so to speak, as, as we move through that circular economy. And so that was set up actually prior to the inception of the project. And we were really able to, to, to capitalize on that partnership that was, you know, close to the end, essentially, um, and kind was that demand pull for the PCR. Um, so we're, we're very proud that we were able to, you know, find material of the right quality, um, and we were able to do it pretty quickly. Obviously, this packaging material was developed particularly with um, Kind in mind, but I was wondering, are there any plans to roll it out to, to other bars as well? Absolutely. I mean, from from Kind's perspective, we're we're looking at how might we expand it. What what might some of the markets be? But certainly, our parent company Mars is also looking and has incorporated PCR into um, into several other different types of products. And and you know, with with packaging goals as they are, I would assume that that trend would would continue. How does this fit in with Kind's broader sustainability strategy? I'll start with packaging, but um, in terms of our ambitions, so we are, we at Kind are guided by our Kind brand promise of being kinder to our bodies, kinder to our communities, and kinder to our planet. Um, and so, you, as you might imagine, um, sustainable packaging is really a big part of our kinder to our planet pillar. Um, and so, right now, we're focused um, on making 100% of our consumer packaging reusable, recyclable, or compostable, um, which, of course, means something different in, in all the different markets which we're operating in. Um, as of late, we're operating in over 30 different countries. And in addition to packaging, we're also really focused on our ingredients. And like I said earlier, our, um, we lead with a nutrient-dense ingredient that's predominant in every, form, in every bar. Um, and almonds are really our key ingredient. That's our hero ingredient. And we have a commitment that 100% of our almonds are sourced from bee-friendly farms on a mass balance basis by 2025. And um, essentially a little bit about be friendly and why it's important. So 
um, native pollinators like bees um, are required to produce lots of different types of the foods we eat. Um, and it's pretty eye-opening actually once, for me, it was quite eye-opening once, once we really started to do the research into it. Um, and the population of these native pollinators is under threat um, from things like climate change, more industrialized farming. And so we're working with the farmers who grow our almonds to get a bee-friendly certification. And essentially what that means is that the farmers pledge to um, make a certain amount of space for bee habitats in their orchard and to farm in a way that helps preserve the bee population. Mm, very important, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, are there any um, other key sustainability goals that KIND has for sort of the key dates of 2025 and 2030? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's been lots of active conversation internally around around our goals and we certainly have we're quite ambitious in the space and we there's there are some things happening internally that we're working on that we can't quite talk about externally um, in the form of additional goals but um, in terms of the packaging space we are we're really focused not so much on the date but on what can we do to to really transform um, our packaging to be reusable recyclable compostable and what does that mean in each of the regions where we're operating hmm. on that um, note are there any plans to use other packaging materials such as paper for um for these bars or indeed other other products in in the future yeah great question as you might imagine and I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, are actively involved in, our teams are um, actively exploring the use of different types of materials um, to, you know, to meet our sustainability goals. And really for us, it, we're, we're driven by um, the local recycling infrastructure and, you know, the, the our local consumer essentially. So really delivering and, and exceeding on consumer expectations. And for us, we're looking at all different types of materials, um, from non-plastic to plastic. Um, we're seeing a lot of materials in um, the compostable space start to come out. And, um, you know, linking to our earlier conversation, some of the challenges are definitely um, that these materials just don't necessarily have the barrier properties that a material um, like a high barrier plastic can offer. And so we're actively considering them and um, you know, certainly on the hunt for for materials that um, have superior barrier properties. We'll definitely watch this space and yes. um, look out for yes. um, innovations and news in yes. the in the coming years. <laughs> Great. And I wanted to wrap up our conversation by asking you uh, what innovations do you anticipate in the packaging space, and what innovations would you like to see to further boost circularity? So, you know, in terms of the plastic space, I think we're going to continue to see offerings with PCR um, become more prevalent at, at what we hope are increasing levels. So we know that um, many companies have ambitions to replace virgin plastic with PCR. And so certainly the demand is, it, it is going to be at a point where it will outpace supply. But um, my hope is that, that we're going to see a lot more offerings with um, really high levels of PCR. And I think we're also going to continue to see innovations in these alternative materials beyond plastics. Um, so things like compostable, including home compostable, obviously, and industrially compostable um, that have those, those higher performance characteristics that a lot of brands are looking for. So things like 
durability um, and machinability, um, as well as some of those oxygen and moisture barrier characteristics we talked about earlier. In terms of, of what I would like to see as a brand owner, I think I'm quite excited for, you know, the, the innovations that we just talked about. And, you know, as a brand owner, you're looking for that packaging material or that packaging structure, including the ink and adhesives um, that has, has things like PCR at preloaded levels. So like a high, medium, low, for example, option that you could choose, um, you know, based on, on your costs that you want to spend. Um, and I think certainly pre-qualification under certain recycling labeling schemes is helpful for, for manufacturers and end users as they're, as they're looking at what might be good solutions. And I think, you know, in, in terms of obviously continuing the trend of circularity and recyclability, technology that allows materials to be, to be recycled, um, you know, more times and still really maintain that quality. So, for example, we know with paper, once you recycle it a certain number of times, those fibers just get shorter and you're not getting the same quality. Uh, whereas like an aluminum, you know, that that's quite different. Um, and I think finally, I would really like to see um, more formation of industry and government coalitions to expand collection and recycling infrastructure for these difficult to recycle packaging types. So things like flexible plastics, um, because those are problems that you know, not one entity can solve on their own. It, it needs to be a coalition. And so I really hope we'll see more in this space. Mm, absolutely, yes. We try to bring people and value chain players together here at Packaging Europe. It's always good to reiterate that um, that message. <laughs> great, great. We appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, this is a great note to end this podcast on. That just leaves me to thank you, Liz, for uh, for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you so much, Elizabeth. It's been my pleasure and really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. And thank you very much to our listeners as well for listening. Obviously, uh, make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any new episodes. If you're listening on a platform where you can give um, five-star reviews or like us, um, feel free to do so as well if you enjoy the podcast. Thank you. Thank you.